the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Bem-vindos, bem-vindas, alô, alô, todo mundo de Minnesota e fora, fora. It's Eric here. This is the monologue solo show. Uh, unfortunately, busy lives, busy people, busy schedules, all that fun stuff. Uh, neither Bridget nor Rodrigo to join me uh, this weekend, which is totally fine because they have covered for me twice over the past month or so. Uh, so this will be a fast one, and I don't want it to be too boring just hearing my voice. So we'll go quickly here and uh, get this episode out for you for the week. Let's jump in with some MLS news. Ronnie Dyla of, of uh, champion uh, winning New York City FC is off to Belgium's Standard Liège. Good for him. This, of course, brings up our recurring segment on the Minnesota Football Show. Uh, another manager gone. Is Adrian Heath still here? The answer is yes, he is. And we all get to collectively sigh. Un, dois, tres. There it is. Tuesday, of course, there was a huge announcement with Apple TV and the 10-year partnership uh, with the MLS. Uh, shouts to MJ over at Dave's I Know. Wrote a great piece for Soda Soccer and was kind enough to interview me for some perspective in my opinions as one of these old school guys that uh, still believes in some kind of entitlement that the world, including the U.S., should have football on all the regular channels all the time. Uh, like I grew up with in Brazil and everywhere else in the world, you know what I'm saying? Like, I thought we'd be here like a quarter century later and we're not. But, uh, you know, there's been some progress, but it's still... Accessibility has always been a key that we normally talk about on this show. And on paper, I think this is going to be uh, very helpful in that way. Um, One-stop shop all in one place. Uh, no blackouts. Working into the season ticket holder deal as well, which is great. Of course, that brings up another question of, am I still going to be a season ticket holder? Not completely sure. As long as Heath is around and this front office is around, um, clearly putting their interest in corruption above the uh, supporters. So I'm not sure I want to be a part of that anymore. But nonetheless, the deal looks uh, looks okay. You know, I'm trying to be glass half full, like I told MJ. Uh, of course, th this is a multi-billion dollar uh, merger project here over this 10-year time with lots of money coming in, lots of money going out. And, you know, in theory, it's going to help the league and the players as well. But it's also one of the most powerful multinational capitalist corporations in the universe. Uh, and it, it, it's uh, the back end of this, of course, is a little worrying to me. I'm just not sure what's going to happen with all of that profit and all of that money. So we'll keep an eye on it. But, you know, in in some respects, in terms of getting it all in one place, it's a good thing. And, and maybe maybe it'll help uh, boost the the world attention and uh and focus on the league a little bit more and uh get more folks that don't watch mls to actually watch mls so we'll see but uh, i mean for them i'm sure mls is thrilled 
Um, we'll do some internationals here. I'm not going to spend too much time on all the European ones. But uh, U.S. men's national team played a friendly that nobody really cares about, just getting tuned up. They went to El Salvador and basically had a uh, Calcio Fiorentino uh, MMA match in the mud. Everybody was... Uh, there were there were there were some takedowns. There were punches. There was mud. I mean, it was it was everything I'd want in a Calcio Fiorentino match. We should just call it what it is. Um, Laren scored early for El Salvador, and Jordan Morris got one in the very very end of the match, uh, stoppage time. So one one is the final. I don't know. Did we learn anything from it? Not really. Uh, the fact that they have to keep playing Copa points we always talk about is sad. Uh, get some real European South American even Asian competition, uh, to, to prep for the World Cup. But whatever. It was entertaining from a non-football perspective, <laughs> which is, I guess, the best thing you can say about CONCACAF. Um, Minnesota United, let's see. I've, I've completely checked out with this team, as many of you know. They play tomorrow, Sunday, in New England. Uh, I'm assuming a Minnesota loss. Uh, my prediction is that Minnesota will probably score first. And Bruce Arena will, I don't know, look over at Adrian Heath and uh, scratch his stubble and just kind of smirk. And then his crew will put up like two or three unanswered. So two to one, three to one, New England is what I'm going to say there. And may the downfall continue. I mean, if this, if this is what we have to do to have real change on the coaching side and the front office side, then uh, I hope they keep uh, falling on their faces. Uh, MLS. We have Sounders and L.A. on big ABC today. That should be a great match as the Sounders are kind of resurging after winning the CONCACAF uh, Champions League and big test against against uh, LAFC there. Um, I'm going to be moving and shaking in a little bit. I'm not sure I'll be actually be able to catch this one live. Um, but related to what I mentioned there on the Apple TV deal in terms of getting new eyes and more eyes in general on the league, uh, th this would be a marquee match for a lot of people that don't really watch. They're just casuals or whatever. I mean, here, here come two of the best teams in the league, prime time. Uh, you know, well well done, ABC, in terms of a showcase. It should be a party. Uh, let's jump to uh, Minneapolis City. I'm moving, y'all. We're going to get this thing done in record time. Uh, still defeated, unfortunately. Uh, we You know, they're at... Uh, four losses and two ties with two points in the deep North Division. Uh, once again, Des Moines Menace just made it tough on them. And yesterday, the team went to Canada for the first time ever international trip for Minneapolis City to play the Thunder Bay Chill. Uh, it didn't go great. They got beat 3-1. to one, So still chasing that first win in the division. But things, unfortunately, are looking too good in terms of a playoff run. Um, the... NPSL side, I know they did get a couple wins, and uh, the future side just keeps rolling. So, you know, things things are bright there as well. And, you know, we've talked about it before. We we expected a bit of a, um adjustment period to the new league and the new teams and a uh, an uptick in quality in football and all that good stuff. Um, speaking of an uptick in quality and throwing down, let's go to Minnesota Aurora. Uh, still undefeated, still top of the division. Uh, they played yesterday, they played um, Chicago once again for the third time and got a third win. So complete sweep of Chicago City. This one, 3-1 to one is, is your final. They're doing their thing. They look awesome. And they play tomorrow 
Father's Day in what will likely be extreme heat. So hopefully if you go to that match, everybody be safe, drink lots of water. I'm sure they're going to take multiple water breaks. Um, I, I, yeah, just, just be safe. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that one goes. Um, I've yet to make it out just with life and everything else. And obviously Father's Day is not going to help in terms of uh, making it. But fingers crossed and get out there soon because I hear it's a party and I'm definitely in the mood for something a little different. So I'm going to make that happen. Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be dreaming because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota football show. Moving to internationals, Rodrigo is not here. I know he doesn't want to discuss this, but on Monday we did have the first of the two open spots for World Cup qualification, the Intercontinental Playoffs. Um, his Peru versus Australia. It was a long, long back and forth full time uh, that ends up in a nil-nil final, as it were. Uh, Peru had many, many chances, simply could not convert. And of course, the question becomes, um, Rodriguez left off the squad. Would he have made a difference? Maybe not. Maybe so. Who knows? Um, then we go into extra time. And... In the 106, Flores comes so close. Beautiful attempt. Hits the post. Uh, I'm pretty sure I jumped out of the couch and scared my little puppy on this one because that could have and probably should have been it to put it away. But the soccer gods have other plans, and their plans were PKs, of course. And you start to feel pretty confident because Gallese is amazing, and we know that. Um, stops the first one. Then there's a post hit. So at this point, Peru is up one, um, and then it kind of goes back and forth, um, and eventually we get to like a 4-4 tie. The Australian keeper, I cannot remember his name, is just absolutely batshit. Like, he's doing his little dance in, in the uh, uh, goalkeeper uh, box in the, in the between the posts. It's pretty ridiculous. You've all seen it by now. Uh, of course, there's also the, the factor that is caught on camera, the Men in Blazers guys caught it, where he... He picks up the water bottle, Gaius's water bottle, that has um, has Australian players' names on it and their tendencies and probably just like a little cheat sheet, little notes. Picks that thing up and he chucks it over the uh, <laughs> chucks it over the little wall so he can't even get to it, which was, you know, amazing shithousery. But uh, in the end, he stops the last one and your final is 5-4 on PKs. Australia are going to the cup. Peru are not. De Vuelta, you know, condolencias, Rodrigo, it sucks. I know it sucks. Um, really thought that one was in the bag. Tuesday, uh, my parents went. We actually watched most of this one together, New Zealand and Costa Rica. Um, missed the goal, very early goal in like the third minute, Campbell puts away. And and then it's just kind of a nasty, you know, we, we, I mentioned the Calcio Fiorentino. It wasn't quite as intense as that U.S. and El Salvador one, but it was there was, there was a lot of grime happening out there, a lot of, a lot of tackles. Um, got really chippy. Um, I put in the 10th minute, uh, Francisco Calvo, like, he's going to ride himself into this narrative in one way or the other. And it, it's the real one's coming in a sec, but 
one of the New Zealand defenders rolls Calvo into a guillotine choke. I saw it was he he could have put that thing on too. I mean, you know, we're we're getting into it again. The the Fiorentino. Uh, I just I just laughed so hard when I saw that. Um, fifteenth minute, New Zealand got a really close opportunity with just madness in the box. Couldn't put it away. Um, thirty eighth minute looked like a New Zealand goal and. They go to VAR, and then before the cross that went to Wood, I believe, Wood's the one that actually, like, one times it puts it in. The goal is annulled because the guy who crossed it, he kind of does, like, a... Oh, we have a name for it in, in BJJ and wrestling. I can't remember what it is, but it's, it's like... You basically cup the knee takedown, and, and that's kind of what it was. I mean, it was pretty subtle, but in the replay, it is pretty clear that he grabs him by the knee and takes him down. So, yes, I do agree with that call. So we're back to 1-0, Costa Rica. Um, in the 67th minute, once again, the supervillain that he is, Francisco Calvo, um, he's got, he needs that attention. Like He hasn't done enough, so spotlight, please. Draws a red card on Barbarus, I believe is how you pronounce it, of New Zealand. And it is the correct call. Very nasty tackle, basically just straight on Calvo's ankle. And, and, and Calvo is going to just absolutely you know, Oscar nomination that moment, which he does to perfection. Um, having said that, definitely in pain, but I mean, he he played it up. He played it up. Let's, let's give him best supporting actor for sure. So there's your red. They're down to 10, and Cabo is back in the narrative. It's his show. We're just living in it. There's your final. 1-0. Costa Rica holds on, so Costa Rica go to the World Cup. So now everything is set. Uh, so for those new groups, uh, let's see, we have uh, D with France, Australia, Denmark, and Tunisia. I can't imagine Australia is going to have a really easy ride there. And I could say the same for Group E with Costa Rica, Spain, Germany, and Japan. So things are moving there. It's all set. Uh, I'll move quickly to Brazil. I just think this is an interesting uh, moment right now historically in Futebol Brasil because the top four men's teams also correspond to the top four women's teams. This has never happened before. The order is a little bit different. So for on the men's side, it's uh, Palmeiras, Corinthians, São Paulo, Internacional, uh, 22, 21, 18, 18 points respectively. On the women's side, Internacional, 29, Palmeiras, 28, Corinthians, 27, São Paulo, 26. Pretty cool. Never happened. You know, mark it down. Pretty awesome. I didn't get all the friendlies, like I said, but when England loses spectacularly, gotta gotta mention it. And they had a hard time in Hungary, surrounded by fascists, and so they went to back to England. And Hungary did it again with without with fewer fascists in the stage or in in the uh, stadium. So it is a four nil away win for Hungary in England, which. I can't remember what the statistic was, but it's been a very long time since Hungary won in England. Um, so good on them there. Uh, whenever there's English embarrassment in the game, it's it's a good thing. I'm going to throw this one in there as well from uh, Patreon. Patreon Justin. Uh, patron. That's how we call it. Patreon Justin. Uh, if you all want to join the Patreon, I'll throw it in there, throw it in there right now. www.patreon.com backslash show, And you, like him, can have your... Uh, input on the program. So he he says, uh, per internationals, rumors that Dinamo Kiev wanted their home match uh, with Fenerbahce, it's a club he follows at Wembley, thinking that they'd, <clears throat> they'd 
pull and have more solidarity um, and, and not have so many Turkish fans there, uh, which, of course, did not work. <laughs> um, there's so many Turks in London as well. And, and so now they're like, well, we don't think this is a good idea. Let's go to Poland. <laughs> and then apparently there's still tons of uh, Fenerbahce supporters in Poland. So wherever they go, there's going to be an issue. It's just kind of funny that they keep trying to change the venue and all the supporters are just like, whatever, we're, we're going to be wherever you guys go. You can't pull this down. Um, he also says, fun angle as Kiev's coach, uh, Luceshku, so that's my, how you pronounce it. Uh, ageless Romanian wizard has been a Turkish national team coach and also Veskutas and Galatasaray. So all, a whole bunch of interesting little tie-ins there. Uh, the final thing I have is FIFA World Cup 2026 host city draw. That happened on Thursday, I believe it was. And we are all set. Um, here it is. Atlanta, Boston, Dallas. And then I'll do, I'll do them by country. So Houston, Kansas City, Los Angeles, Miami, New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Seattle. In Mexico, it's Guadalajara, CDMX, Mexico City, Monterrey. And then in Canada, Toronto and Vancouver. So it's kind of funny that, you know, they're trying to do this North American World Cup. But clearly, like, adding Mexico and Canada were kind of an afterthought. It's like, you can't just let the U.S. host, but in theory, or on paper at least, it looks like they're essentially hosting with nearly everything happening here. Um, I did not watch this thing live, but I got to see some hilarious uh, screen grab and recordings on social media of Infantino and the woman, the presenter from, I think she's from Telemundo, if I'm not mistaken. And man, that, that dude is so awkward and it is so clear that he has never heard of half of these cities and knows absolutely nothing about the cities and just, just trying to play it. I mean, he was, he was channeling, channeling some, um, we call it Fausto in, in Brazil or, um, Don Francisco in, in Mexico, you know, like the, the Latin American TV presenters. He was trying to get there, but it was just really hard to watch, and he was failing miserably. Um, and, of course, he'll probably end up getting a Netflix series or something out of it because the world is corrupt just as much as FIFA. Um, I think that's about all I've got. Um, trying to think about if this is going to happen. If I mean, you know, it's still a ways out there. But I've got fam in Atlanta, in Dallas, uh, Kansas City, Los Angeles. So I got people in New York and Philly, San Francisco I love, one of my favorite cities in the country, Seattle as well. So I don't know. I might move. I mean, the easiest one is, is Kansas City, obviously. That's a, that's a drive when you have to go up and fly. But we'll see. Or, you know, maybe somebody can come meet me back in Mexico City. I love Ciudad Mieques. And I've never been to uh, Monterrey. And I've been on the outskirts of Guadalajara. It doesn't really count. So we'll work it out. Who wants to party in Guadalajara? Let's do it. Thank you all for putting up with me in the monologue version of uh, Minnesota Football Show. I already mentioned the Patreon. Uh, please check it out and donate and become a part if you want. Uh, follow and like on the socials, all that good stuff. Uh, write a review if you want. Those are good too. And next week we'll hopefully have full power back with Rodrigo and Bridget. And yeah, thank you very much and uh, have a good weekend. And we'll see what the following week brings in Locura, the Mundo de Futebol. Ciao, ciao.